Whoa, Mama! Get a room, you two! We're in a room! Well, then lose some weight! Hello, world. This is Chris Abalo's podcast experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show. Thank you for subscribing and for giving the show five stars and for sharing with everybody on the various social media and word of mouth and anything else you're using to spread the word. That is very much appreciated, uh, not only by me, but also by my co-host, Jack DeFranco. Hi, everybody. It's been a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) uh, By our special guest for this episode, the triumphant return of Corey No Yes. Woo! Oh, hey, everybody. (laughs) Happy I said it. Yeah, back with his catchphrase. (laughs) Oh, hey, everybody. Can't see me because I'm a cheap ass who doesn't want to pay for a webcam. Well, it's a good thing it's an audio podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Lucky us. Um, well, it's, it's a shame we, we can't see you as in at least Jack and I, but, uh, one yeah, of the I'm things. I'm slightly disappointed by this. I was like, oh, sweet. I get to see Corey. What do you look? No. I don't, no. I don't, I don't want to give you guys more fuel for your spank bank. Hey, hey. listen, we, we need all we, we can. We got get. a lot of time in our hands nowadays. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't want to know anything about what's in your hands. <laughs> Bottle of water right now. Gross. <laughs> Jack's just practicing for later. That's what the kids call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see what he's doing with that bottle of water? Anyway. Um, but one of the things, uh, we didn't get to Corey when you and I spoke back in, uh, in when the pandemic was kind of firing up 16 years ago, I think <laughs> it's what it feels, <laughs> it feels like. like it. It does. I, I was saying that to, to Jack the other day. I was like, January feels like two years ago. You know, it was only six months ago. It was the middle of January, but. It, it feels like it's been a hell of a lot longer since. Yeah. I said it was June 12th the other day. I'm like, no, it's July 12th. Really? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's, it's, even it's thinking just back... been nonstop blending of time and dates and calendars. So. Right. Well, and that's kind of what Dan and I were talking about last week is that it's we're surprising that we've been out of high school for 20 years, but it's also surprising just to consider how long it's been that we just haven't been even even able to see each other or to go out. That feels like too long a time. So it's it's just bizarre. Time is bizarre and, and relative right now anyway. Actually, I didn't read the article, but I saw something pop up the other day. It's like, why time sees, seems... um Okay, the phrase wasn't out of whack, <laughs> but basically that was the, the headline of the article. Like, why time feels off, so to speak, mm-hmm. during the, the pandemic, during the quarantine. And uh, yeah, it's because every day is kind of the same. Yeah. Um, except for Corey, who's thankfully still working. Um, but one of the things we didn't get to thankfully. last time was, <laughs> so Corey had some pretty major surgery back in February and we saw him literally right before that as kind of a, something of a blowout. We had a big ass dinner with a bunch of us. I and, became a mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're happy to say the tail took. And that's why I was looking forward to debuting it on video, but you know, Corey's cheap ass, even though he's still working. I'm sorry. Didn't I'm sorry. Buy I couldn't... webcam. I'm sorry I couldn't mer make your day. Oh, oh terrible. Uh-huh. 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 Oh, my God. 
<laughs> okay. <clears throat> so yeah, I had a bariatric sleeve surgery. Which is what? Tell us a little more about that, Corey. Uh, bariatric sleeve surgery is a surgery that someone who'd get, who is say morbidly obese, who is having health issues. So technically there's like a certain BMI or body mass index that everyone has to, everyone is like in a range for. Now the BMIs in general are ridiculous. Like if you've ever actually looked at what your accurate BMI is, like have either of you done that? Like what your, yes. for your height versus what you should weigh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm morbidly obese, whatever they say. Yeah. So. Same for me. Right. I, at six feet tall, they say I should be, my healthy weight would be 180. And I haven't been 180 in, I think since shortly after high school. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's a little skewed for size and body build types, but overall, for like a scale of being overweight, it's actually pretty accurate. Um, so <clears throat> if you want to have the surgery, um, you have to have a qualification of having at least a bare minimum of 35 on your BMI, and you have to have some kind of underlying health issue like um, hypertension or high blood pressure, sleep apnea, um, extremely bad acid reflux, uh, any kind of health condition that could be life-threatening. Uh, but once you reach that 30, uh, I'm sorry, 40 uh, BMI, that's when it gets to like, it doesn't matter what your health condition, you're just overweight enough to qualify just to get the surgery. And uh, what they do is they uh, essentially they take your stomach and they cut out 80% of it out and take it out of your body, mm. leaving like mm. a, a stomach that's around the size of, uh, I guess the best way to put it is it looks kind of like a banana. It like, it just turns your stomach into like a tube. So it's a teeny little pouch that can hold maybe four to six ounces of food at a time. And um, it takes part of your stomach out that actually creates what they call ghrelin. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's it's a hormone. It's the the hormone that makes you feel hungry. So it actually kind of takes it away. Um, You still feel hungry. I still feel hungry a lot, but not nearly as much. Um, And your capacity is reduced, so you can't even take on as much food physically. Oh, absolutely not. No, no. So, I mean, I decided last August that... I needed to do something different with my life. You know, I was getting, I was more overweight than I'd ever been in my life. And I really needed to change something because I was getting to the point where I was having a hard time even putting my shoes on. And that was just a struggle and I couldn't do it anymore. So I looked into bariatric surgery. My mother had bariatric surgery. Um, funnily enough, Chris's catchphrase there. Uh, That's right. She had surgery at the same age I was. 19 years prior. Really? She oh, was wow. 34 when she had the surgery and I was 34 um, when I decided to have it. Technically it was like a couple days after my birthday, but right. Bizarre coincidence yeah. though. Yeah. yeah, it was. So um, I decided to go to some, like a, there was a seminar where a doctor was going to give a seminar on the benefits and the risks of uh, the surgery. And I know it, it just looks good for your uh, authorization if you could say I went to a seminar to look into this and I got recommendations and such. So I looked into it. I went to the seminar and it was, it was fantastic. I liked every bit of it. So I went to look for a surgeon and, uh, I started in, I think right in the beginning of October, there's a lot of hoops you got to jump through. Like oh, you I'll have bet. to have, yeah. 
a lot of clearances. You have to have a cardiac clearance. You have to go to a cardiac uh, specialist and they have to test your heart. You have to get a, a, uh, a gastroenterologist. You got to get a, a scope down your throat. I forgot what it's called. Endoscopy. I get endoscopy. them done all the time. I've got them done yeah, all the time. I had to, I had to have an endoscopy. Um, I had to get a breathing specialist. I had to get a psych test. I had to meet with a nutritionist and meet with my surgeon every month. They set a goal for me for lose 30 pounds prior to the surgery um, as a kind of way to jumpstart you and to make sure you're actually dedicated. Yeah. Um, because the number one thing that is the number one thing is not just losing weight and physically being able to lose weight. It's the mental. Mentally, you have to be ready to for a completely new lifestyle. Oh, for sure. Completely, completely yeah. changed life in general. Like, so I started losing weight in October and worked my way through my appointments in February. I mean, uh, January rolled around and, you know, I was two weeks prior to the surgery. You have to start an all liquid diet. So you have to only drink liquids like protein shakes and, uh, I think you can eat pudding and jello. Try to stick to like sugar free at least. Right. And of that's it. Like broth creamy soups and that's that's it so i did that um so like the night before i went out with you guys we all went to this amazing mexican restaurant tex-mex place um and that was like my last my last meal the last hurrah yeah yeah my death row meal (laughs) (laughs) so um i went to the surgery and it was it was at robert wood johnson university medical center and right in the middle of jersey um, that's where my last hospital. endoscopy, funnily enough. Yeah, that's, that's, it was a nice hospital. They admitted me. It right is for hospitals. Meeting. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> hospitals aren't great, but well, yeah, this one, this okay. one is highly recommended. Like they, um, this one is, is more recommended than any other ones in locally, at least. Uh, so I went, I went there. I almost missed the exit. Uh, Metal Jimmy drove me up there and <laughs> missed the exit completely. And we didn't realize that it was like eight miles to the next exit. Oh yeah, yeah. If you miss, so that's true. So we had to we turned around on this little weird bridge in the middle of the highway, and there was a cop sitting there. It was great. He didn't pull us over, thank God. But there has to be. There has to be at that time. There's no other way it can go. There has to be a cop sitting there. But at least, thankfully, he didn't. He just was like, whatever. I understand what you did. (laughs) You happens all the time. You big dumb idiot. Yeah. So we went to the hospital. I got Paul prepped up and everything. You know, they shaved my stomach. It was delightful. It was like a spa day. <laughs> Before they gut you. <laughs> Before they gut me. Yeah. So then I went, spread you open I went into like the, a lobster. Went into the surgery, woke up afterwards in the recovery room, and there was a bunch of people in there. Uh, now, this is prior to, like, restrictions with, like, fat face masks and COVID and all that stuff. This was in February. Right. So this is right before all the massive restrictions came into place. Um, because realistically, if I waited another month, they would have probably canceled my surgery in general just because yeah, out, perfect uh, outpatient timing. or uh, like, um, what do they call it? Voluntary surgeries would have been all canceled for the most part. Right. I had a follow-up yeah. endoscopy scheduled for March. That is, it hasn't been rescheduled yet because yep. it's, so, it's a follow-up. It's not. So I, I got in the right, right time. Now, the only problem was they had, because I have sleep apnea, they had to put me in like the intensive care room, which is a room with three other people. It's like a bigger room. So there's four people in the room with you, like four other patients. And there's a desk with a nurse sitting in there 
she sits over you specifically um, because I was technically high risk because I could I couldn't use the CPAP machine afterwards and I could have stopped breathing when I was sleeping. Oh, wow. So they had to wait for that room to open up and it didn't open up for 10 hours after I got out of the recovery room. Like they were at the point where they thought I was going to have to uh, sleep in the recovery room, which was God awful. It was essentially a metal table with a little tiny pad on it, like those little camping pads. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Terrible. God awful. I never thought I was never so happy. If, If anyone has ever, had to get an x-ray of like your inside stomach where you had to drink that nasty, nasty mess. So it runs down your throat so they can get a good x-ray of what your stomach lining looks like. Oh, I almost said, is it barium swallow? Is that what it was? Something that similar to that, but yeah. it's disgusting. It's not even, it was a clear liquid. It was like, a, it was something so it would like, it would make your stomach glow. So they had to, before they would let me even drink any water or anything after the surgery, they have to make sure that you, uh, don't have any like holes in your stomach. Make sure your stomach is sound enough to like support any kind of liquid or food. Right. And, and to handle something like this. I mean, it's a pretty right. major so procedure. What, that was literally the first thing I drank after the surgery. And that was like six or seven hours in. And I was happy to drink it, even though it was probably the most disgusting thing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah, but how long but, was yeah, the procedure no. itself? The procedure was six, seven hours? No, no. The procedure itself was like 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Really? 45 minutes in an hour. Yeah, they they Damn. do it all, and uh, it was endoscopic. So they just there's like five little incisions. They insert it, they cut it, they sew, they staple your stomach back, and they sew it up. Wow, that's wild. So, I would have thought that was a much longer procedure. Than yeah, an hour. if there was, if there's higher, like if there was like a, it's some of the times like if you had a hernia, they would fix the hernia at the same time. If you had like a hiatal hernia, if which is associated with your like esophagus, right, they would fix that as well. But no, there was no issues with my health, so it was just an easy take the stomach out and go. So that's good. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, prior to the surgery, I lost like fifty pounds, like the thirty pounds that they wanted me to lose. I lost even before I got to the two week liquid diet, and I lost another nineteen on the liquid diet. So you were down sixty nine pounds between when um, you scheduled it and when you started. No, I was down fifty pounds, just fifty. Oh, that like includes the nineteen. And ah, 19. I see. Gotcha. Mm. So, which was, which is awesome. My, yeah, my huge. surgeons were impressed. They, they're like, most of the time from what they told us is if you start off with a good jump start, like with your already losing weight, you just jump right into the weight loss. And right. Cause your body has the momentum. It's, it must yeah. just help carry you through, especially yeah, so, when you're off of food and everything. When you don't have that, that mental, you know, and emotional comfort of food and relying on food, like two weeks, I think if anybody did that, it would be, it would be harder to, get into the wrong things again. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I understand yeah. when people do like cleanses and things like that, where they'll d- just do liquids for a week or five days. Cause I would think, yeah, you probably don't want to have stuff that's going to just hang in your system for a while afterwards. So yeah, when you, when you even told me about two weeks of liquids, I thought, geez, that would probably benefit almost anybody. I mean, as long as you're putting <laughs> good stuff in, not just, you can't just survive on water right. alone. For hey, don't, two don't weeks. drink Kool-Aid for two weeks. No. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> Jack's just going to drink Dr. Pepper syrup. for two weeks. <laughs> Ice cream becomes liquid. That's true. Well, you know, it's funny when I've had my esophagus issues, that was part of what hasn't helped me when it's when it's come to weight gain and fluctuation is that, you know, it's textures and certain things that we get caught in my esophagus. But you know what doesn't get caught? Ice cream. <laughs> and yeah. It, it's like I, and I know that sounds 
shitty. But the truth is, you know, when you've had enough trouble with stuff getting caught and, you know, Jack saw that happen to me firsthand last summer with something getting stuck in my esophagus is before I had my uh, procedure last August. But it's it's horrible. And I'm thinking, well, as long as I can eat this and it's not going to have any I'm not going to have any problem swallowing it. It's not going to get caught. Hey, man, bring it on. Yeah. So it it is easy, yeah, to obviously go in in a bad direction when it comes to that. But yeah, having the jump start of just being on liquids for two weeks, mm-hmm. that's yep. that's awesome. So now it's yep. almost five months, right? Yep. It's, yeah. I mean, at this so point, I mean, we're in the middle of July. I was out of work for like a month. Um, I probably could have gone to work two weeks in. Yeah, no need for I, that. I would, no, I, would, yeah. I would highly <laughs> recommend anybody who can take off take off as much take off as much as you can, um, because you're gonna want it. It's getting you out of work. I mean, there was horror stories, and I call these horror stories of people saying, oh, "Yeah, I got surgery on Thursday, and I went back to work Monday morning." That's crazy. Those people are That's crazy. That's insane. People talk like, about that with like hernia surgery. There's no surgery point in doing too. that under any circumstances whatsoever. No, no. So my my boss was like, "I don't care how long you take, just make sure you take it. Like, just follow the procedures." She didn't care, as long as I took the time properly. Right. Like I went yeah. through a leave of absence, qualified for disability. I was able to mm. get paid for it. So, well, it's funny because that's similarly what happened to me when I had my endoscopy last time um, in August. Just because, and I haven't gone over this on the show. I was actually going to get into uh, last year being a 2019, essentially being a year of recovery for me, <laughs> recovering from some uh, health issues. But I'd had an endoscopy just because I could feel my esophagus was was tightening up. I have um, what's known as a stricture in the lower third of my esophagus, which is a tightening. You know, the esophagus being a muscle just tightens up and it needs to be dilated. So you need to go down, put a balloon in, inflate it, open it back up, and then it's always shrunk back down again. So I went in February to have it checked out, and unfortunately the gastroenterologist who did it said there he didn't want to dilate because there was so much scarring on my esophagus that he didn't want to take a chance because he said it might be perforated and i'm i'm not prepared enough to be able to fix if there's perforation in your esophagus well fast forward six months when i ended up having it done by um as esophagus specialist and uh yeah they did open me up and it did perforate i had uh, to have two staples in my in my esophagus mm. and because it's how it went i only took a couple of days off work but i ended up being out for a week because it was really, really temperamental. And I was basically on, on liquids and yeah, like jello for a couple days after. I mean, I couldn't even eat soup when it was too hot because I would feel it. It would mm-hmm. really irritate mm-hmm. where the staples were. So I was very, I was on a really, really mild diet. So how's that happen with the staples? Stuff. How do they get that? Like to, is it just with the endoscopy? They just do that and then they basically fall out. Oh, okay. was what it was. Um, or they dissolve. I forget exactly how they described it, but they said like, no, we don't need to remove them. Like when it heals up, they're going to. I don't. I don't remember if it's. But like when they, they put them in, though, like that's part of the endoscopy process too. No, like no, just, that was just because my my esophagus ripped <laughs> because oh, okay. there was a tear in it. They had to close it up with something, so they had to put two little mm-hmm. little staples in. And yeah, right. I was out of work for a week, and having just started a new job two months prior, <laughs> it was not the best of circumstances. But I've always felt guilty about missing work in the past. But I thought I can't. I can't do Your health this. is I'm more not... important. Yeah, when things like that happen, you can't compromise that for. <laughs> well, for I also had no energy because I wasn't eating anything. <laughs> like I had yeah. nothing. I was drinking. I would have smoothies and stuff like that, and I would have protein shakes, and I would have Jello. But I mean, you're running on so little, and I don't know if you felt that, Corey. The kind of fatigue, like man, 
I'm running yeah. on like nothing in nope. my system. It's really you just feel drained. Yeah, no, that that is that is exactly what happens. Yeah, because afterwards, the first month after the surgery is just a continuation of what you did right before it. It's another three days of just clear liquids, so you can't even have like protein shakes or anything like that. It's just mm, clear, just broth vodka, or <laughs> vodka works. Actually, tequila is better. Zero carbs, zero sugar. That's true. Silver tequila is clear. Um. Yep. So we uh. I that was quick. I thank God. I thought it was a whole week of clear liquids, and I was just gonna like abort. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was not it was clear regular liquids came in three days afterwards or day four and i was able to put like protein shakes and like cream soups like cream of chicken soup that's what i was i did a lot of cream of chicken soup mm. with like half broth and that was not too bad and then it was like week three like on starting your second week after two more weeks after that you start your pureed food stage so you take all your food and you like dice it up real thin like real mushy right uh, or you have like mushy foods so i just stuck with like mushier foods like i would eat some guacamole or i would eat eggs like scrambled eggs mm. um some chili like real mashed up chili mm. yeah nothing is going to be too abrasive because- ricotta, ricotta cheese stuff that's like decent for you and then eventually i worked my way into regular normal foods and a little harder and a little harder um it's fun it's fun realizing that there are certain foods you just don't agree with you because not only do you change, like obviously your eating habits are going to have to change just because of your stomach being so small, but your body can actually change. There's seen stories of people who just can't eat ground beef anymore. Yeah. listen, Their body just doesn't tolerate it. (laughs) I get it. I mean, almost, it's almost a year and a half since that first endoscopy. And one of the things that they said could have happened with me was it's got to be like an allergic reaction. Something you're eating is causing your esophagus to basically swell just like, when you have, you know, you, when you encounter something you're allergic to and in your nose, everything just closes up. It, they said it, the doctor said it was could be the same thing. And he's rattling off a bunch of things it might be. And one of the things that I've had get caught multiple times in my throat specifically was steak. Um, mm-hmm. And a couple of times in the case of last summer, it was a hot dog, um, which I could say definitely happened at least twice prior to that. It's not something I thought of because there there are different times when things had, had gotten stuck and I just need to keep basically drinking warm water or whatever to, just to get it to pass. And sometimes it takes a long time. Other times, I mean, there was a point when I literally couldn't take a whole Advil. I'd have to, you know, bite Advil and then swallow it. Oh, wow. It, yeah, it was Oof. so, it, my, my esophagus was so closed up that it was, it was really miserable. So the problem is I didn't, I don't know if it was steak or beef, red meat, however you want to classify it, bovine. That, mm-hmm. um, and I know I kind of touched on this when we talked about giving up certain foods uh, a few episodes back, but. They didn't know for sure if that's what it was. Um, and I went to an allergist and got tests. And apparently, you know, the, the skin test shows I'm not allergic to red meat. And that doesn't necessarily mean I, my internally there's not an issue. Because yeah. you can pour milk on my arm and nothing's going to happen. But if I drink straight up milk, like just regular whole milk with lactose, my stomach is going to sound like a, it's, it's going to sound like somebody's a repaving a highway in there. I mean, it's not, and I don't know when that happened at some point, a switch just flipped and it's okay. I can't have straight up milk. I'm fine with almond milk or I've been getting lactose free milk. That seems to go. Okay. But just straight milk. I could eat ice cream. That's dairy. It doesn't need to be some, some non dairy source. And, uh, it doesn't, I don't have a problem. I can eat cheese. I don't have a problem, but for some reason, just milk straight up. 
just doesn't agree with me. Just can't have oh, it anymore. Old itis. Well, it is probably in part getting older. I mean, I'm already on the uh, the wrong side of 25. So there, <laughs> there is that. But, yeah, we all are. <laughs> but yeah. also, well, actually, with... no. Go ahead. Uh, interestingly, um, my biggest food that I have a problem with is also steak. Because it's just that the density of it. It's just so dense. And mm. I remember the first time I was here at my house and we had steak and it was, it was not very well done. So it wasn't, it was still super, uh, tender, but I just remember eating a piece of like the last piece. And I don't know if it's similar to what you had to experience. People who have this surgery now, it's not so much when you have the sleeve because there's two different types. There's a couple different types of surgery. You can get the gastric bypass. Right. That's the one I'm most aware of. Sleeve. Mm-hmm. The gastric bypass is they actually like bypass part of your stomach and part of your intestines and reattach it to a smaller pouch. Mm, the sleeve okay. is they just take away part of your stomach and the, the lining and the running of your intestines stays the same. Um, but so the gastric bypass is this, it's called dumping syndrome. Um, where you fe- essentially feel like you're going to die. Everything gets kind of like, you know, the nauseous feeling when you're, you start like getting all the saliva in your mouth and you feel like you're going to throw up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That pre vomit feeling. It's that feeling for like two hours Ugh. and you can't throw up. Dreadful. Yeah, and you, uh, they call it like the foamies you get like with the, with the extra saliva. So people who have the sleeve don't get that as much or at least not nearly as bad. And there's less triggers that happen, mm-hmm. but it really, it, it struck me. Like it felt like it was caught right in the middle of my esophagus and it wouldn't go away. And I just stayed nauseous for like two and a half hours. Uh, like I immediately got up. I thought I was going to throw up. Yeah. I, immediately. I, I just, you know what, just as a precaution on my end, I, I've just been avoiding red meat for almost a year and a half now. And I don't. I don't miss it. And probably, you know, my sister's gone back and forth. She's been different degrees of vegetarian. And mm-hmm. uh, she's gone just eating, you know, various types of, you know, soy protein or what have you. And uh, I remember she hadn't eaten meat for like six months. But then we were going, this is when I was still living in California. And we took a ride to Sonic. And one of the things she got was like a small, like a value-sized burger. So not a huge burger. But she got about halfway through it and said, I just don't feel right. I don't think I can eat this anymore. And she hasn't. And I don't know that she's given up beef entirely, but like just after not having it for a few months, it just didn't agree with her anymore. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that's where I'm at, too. Not, I mean, aside from the fact that I don't want to accidentally choke on it, I don't love steak or ground beef or anything that much that I'm willing to take the chance. Well, there's so um, many other options if you wanted a burger or if you wanted uh, Totally. Some- yeah. Ter- uh, Turkey dogs I've been eating, you know, turkey burgers or, or, or black bean burgers. I mean, there, there are enough things where, like we were talking about, you know, a few episodes back. I mean, you dress up a burger with so much stuff that probably the last thing you're tasting is the meat anyway. So, yeah. You know, you're tasting the sauce or if you put like bacon on it or lettuce, tomato, condiments, whatever. Mm-hmm. That the, the most, I wouldn't say the most important part is the patty itself. So there are so many things, you know, when I've gotten burgers from, you know, Bobby's Burger Palace or Red Robin that I'll just end up getting like a turkey burger because that's so it's not even secondary. It's so far down the list to where I'm like, right, you know, it's what? very I, inconsequential. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't miss it. And I have a feeling, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to handle it now. And um, yeah, it just no, it no. doesn't bother me. So the no, big I question that. is now it's been almost five months. How many pounds are you down since the surgery? OK, hold on. I actually opened my app for that because I oh, did it. All right. <laughs> 
Let's find out. I, I don't have a drum roll. I could put it in in post. All right. So I lost 47 pounds prior to the surgery, according to the app. Um, since the surgery, I've lost uh, almost almost 70 and a half pounds. Wow. Awesome. So I've lost about 117 pounds. That's amazing. How, how Congratulations, close, How close man. are you to your goal weight? Or a range. Um, I don't know if you have a specific weight. A little more than a little more than halfway, actually. I want to lose about two hundred and twenty pounds. That'll put me around the two ten range. Oh, cool. Two ten to two thirty. That's what I would like. Um, So you were two ten is like my ultimate goal, but two thirty I'd be happy with. I see. Hey, two ten's my goal now. (laughs) No. Yeah, my same here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I weighed when I first started this. I weighed four hundred and thirty pounds. Really. Yeah. Wow. No. See, I only no. and it's funny when you said I'm I'm almost halfway down. Said two ten. Like that's why in my head I'm thinking like was he over four hundred? Because I remember at a point, I don't remember if it's before I moved to California, which I only keep saying because that's my that's how I'm dividing up time <laughs> in my <laughs> increasingly uh, long life. No, but I don't remember if it was when you guys all moved when you guys all moved in together. Or yeah. if it was one time when I came back to visit, when you said you were around 350 and you were like, yeah, I got to lose. I think it may have been right around 2013 when you guys collectively, you and Jack, had done that diet together. Uh, yeah. Kind of a bootleg system, And we're tr- starting to lose. I think at the time you had said you were around 350 and you were you just said, I've, I've had it. I can't do this. I yeah, think. No, so that, that was, was, I thought that had actually been your heaviest. But I also haven't seen you as much recently. I mean, we saw you right before the surgery, but I didn't, yeah, no, was, I don't remember when I saw you. Heavy. Yeah, I don't remember seeing you prior to that and thinking he's that, you know, and to, I mean, I'm, I'm a tall shame. guy. I'm, I'm around 6'4", so I carry my weight really well. No one would ever have guessed I weighed that much. Well, but, I I think yeah. I've gotten a little bit, I, I've gotten away with that in the past too, where when I put on some weight being six feet tall, it doesn't show as much. Now it's at the point where it's showing like fuck, especially on a webcam. But <laughs> at the same time, I think, yeah, it's it's a little easier to, to carry it better when you're tall just because it's not as... It's not as noticeable, just with proportionately. You know, yeah, right. I mean, I, it's it's much more like I've seen. Like for me, it took me a while just to grasp mentally that you know someone who is five feet tall, who weighs two hundred pounds, could be morbidly obese and look very morbidly obese. Right. But that's it's just scale versus your size and your weight. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen people who have talked about having surgery at two hundred pounds, um, who are five foot five feet tall, four foot 11. And, you know, they get down to like 105. Right. Because that for their size, that's the the healthy weight. weight. Yeah. Well, it's funny. That's why when I look at the BMI chart, which is apparently outdated, you know, as far as that's from over a hundred years ago. And, you know, people are also taller and all these other things from what I've read about it anyway, that apparently the BMI index needs to be updated. But for me, what would be healthy as a six foot male would be 180 pounds. Which is ridiculous. I mean, when I, I mean, Jack, excluding 2005 when you and I worked together briefly that I barely remember because I was so checked out at that point. But let's say from 2008, when you guys met me, I was 195 and I was fit. And I'm thinking 15 pounds less than that. I mean, that's when I was going, I was eating well and I was going to the gym at least three times a week. And I was healthy and that's still 15 pounds too heavy. And yeah, by this by that scale now, I'm morbidly obese with where I'm at now. Yeah. And well, I'm technically, not. technically, by the scale, 180 at a six feet tall is like right on the cusp of being overweight. Right. Well, that's what I mean. That's yeah, where I like should you're, be. You're, 
Because yeah, like, 325 really is a measurement for anything. You yeah, really it's, can. It's, it's like for ludicrous. me, it's like 190. 190 at six foot four would be considered not overweight. That's, that's ludicrous. But that also yeah. means it, it doesn't factor in muscle either. Because no. you can be your height, and because muscle takes up, I mean, to say muscle weighs more than fat, I get why it sounds stupid, because a pound of muscle, a pound of fat, which, which weighs more? Neither one. But the idea that if you have muscle, it doesn't show as much as fat does, essentially. Yep. Um, yeah. So you can be fit and weigh more or have muscle tone and weigh more. It doesn't mean you're obese. That's why that scale is just so off, yeah. because you can be right. fit. It, it'd be nice to have like a brand new scale, but I know that they're trying to use this as the base. And they're going to go like right. around it, like build your health around this base foundation. No, and, and I understand that. I would, frankly, I'd be happy getting back down to 195 again. Because as a six foot tall man who's 38, I'd be happy at 195. And I know I look good and I fit my clothes better and all that other stuff at 195. And that is totally doable. So, yeah. realistically, I, I, I believe to be around 200, 210 where I'm at. So, because like, I'm at my heaviest now, too. Uh oh. And then my lowest, I mean, when Corey and I did that diet, my lowest was 165 pounds. So in the past seven years, I've gained about a hundred back. So just being off the diet and everything else and just everything. So I'm at like sitting at a desk all day at work doesn't help. So that's where a lot of my weight gain was attributed to just yeah, that'll do activity. Cause at least when I was in a retail environment, I was a little bit more physically fit. Even if oh. I was over 200, I was constantly moving. I never stood Same. still in one spot. Same. So. That, that helped me as well after working yeah. retail and continuing to work a retail job on my feet all day, you know, again, 12 years ago. Yeah. And that's same thing. It, Going to a sedentary job. Yeah. It's, and yeah. that's kind of when I started gaining weight myself. And even looking back, like uh, looking at some of our old videos from the podcast where our Boston video and some other ones where I was about 215, 220, it's like, man, I would kill to be that again because I wasn't that bad. And looking at the diet that we did, it was at the time, it was like Corey and I both felt where, I mean, we need to kind of do something to change our lives around because we didn't feel healthy. And for the time, it helped. But looking back, realistically, that wasn't a conducive long-term lifestyle because I could look at my pic- pictures from back then. Mm-hmm. 165 pound me, I look sick. You look like a bobblehead. I do. Like <laughs> my did. head was giant, and I look really, <laughs> really thin. And a lot of people used to tell me, "When did Jack start taking thin. steroids? He's got a Mardi yeah. Gras head. Well, What's the, going on?" The biggest problem with that program was, yeah, you will lose weight if you follow the program and you spend the money on it. You're going to lose weight, right? But it's not yeah, sustainable. There's, there's near, there's zero, there's, unless you really stick with the program afterwards and you're, it's almost, there's almost no way of really maintaining afterwards. Well, yeah. yeah. It'll get you to your goal, but it's the maintaining part is the part that's, that's going to be lifelong. And right. that's the part they don't really treat, they don't teach you about. Well, that's what yeah. it was. My parents did Nutrisystem, uh, twice and it really was good for them when they first did it. I can't exactly pinpoint a year when it was, it was sometime in the last 10 years they did Nutrisystem and it worked really well. But gradually they started gaining weight because essentially programs like that is essentially, hey, don't go to go- the grocery store and buy food and prepare it yourself. Buy your yeah. groceries from us. And that's kind of like what you guys were doing. Like, eat these oh, meals. Oh, totally. Eat Our covers were stacked with that stuff. I didn't go yeah. to a food store for months. So if if you're going to maintain it, then you need to eat just like that and that's it. So it is good for that to, to jumpstart things. But as far as giving you some kind of consistency, it's not teaching you anything about eating well or what to prepare, unless you're just going to try to copy the recipes that they make and keep the portions similar. It's not as helpful long term mm-hmm. 
anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's and good most for like just when their people food anyway, so there weren't really recipes to follow. Well, I mean, that, I... and that's it. Like, you're, it's good for you know the. I don't want to say it's not a quick and easy fix, but yeah. it's effective if you're going to do it for say a month. I mean, people yeah. do that stuff all that. Well, listen, I live in <laughs> I lived in Hollywood where people do a crash diets and all sorts of crazy shit. Yeah. And Corey weight. knows this. I was newly on my own and really didn't know how to do much of anything since I lived with my mom for you know up Ever. to that point twenty six years. So yeah, I was like, I don't I don't know how to do things. Uh, I guess yeah. I'll just get. Stuff that's ready, prepped to go. So. Yeah, I remember the first time Jack ever made eggs. <laughs> when was it? What like, year? Let, let's see. Who's? I don't know. He was. He was right after we moved in. He's like, who wants a pork or egg and cheese? And I'm like, I still right. do this, by the way. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's not disgusting. It's great. So, 2012. So he, he, he he microwaves his eggs uh, into a the? pork or egg and cheese. No, 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 no. I microwave the eggs with cream cheese and milk, and you stir it together, and it gets like a cream cheese egg. That's the only otherwise I scramble my eggs. That when I'm making a sandwich, that's what I do for a pork roll egg and cheese sandwich. Yeah. You make it. You try it. I can make it for you. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. I will, I, if you make I it, will, I'll take a I'll take a bite of yours, but I can't commit to a whole sandwich, Jack. Okay. <laughs> yeah, me too. I can't commit to a whole sandwich either. Do yourself. <laughs> I don't know about that. I only eat eggs scrambled anyway, and I just always make them in a pan. My dad had that, so I actually named the sandwich the Russ. So I'm gonna make a Russ sandwich. <laughs> yeah, that's, cl- that's that's good. That's, that's good, actually. The Russell. <laughs> yeah, the Russ. That's good. The Russell. No, I, I, know, I like runny eggs. Runny eggs are great. Now, the the only way I could eat eggs is scrambled, yeah. and that, that didn't even kick in until I was 19. I always hated eggs as a kid, but now I'll eat them. Like for breakfast, it's the only healthy thing I can eat. I mean, obviously there are meat substitutes that are probably better or similarly healthy, but. Yeah, I, I can so, only do scrambled eggs myself. And frankly, if I got back on that, I could lose some weight, which just while everybody's talking about their, their weight and everything, like I am right now, <laughs> and it, it's going to sound probably not so bad, but when I moved back, so now it's a year and eight months since I moved back to Jersey, just about, because it was the uh, week of Thanksgiving I got back. Um, I am... I wasn't where I wanted to be weight-wise when I moved back. I'd started losing some weight, but I definitely, you know, because I cut out fast food and stuff like that, except I wanted one last stop at Del Taco and Wiener Schnitzel and Jack in the Box and all those California places that I want to eat. But I kind of cut them out because I wanted to bring, like, my blood pressure down and my weight down and all that. So I wasn't where I wanted to be when I moved back, but in the last year and eight months, I've put 15 pounds on. Which isn't that crazy. I realize it's a little more than a pound a month, but I'm sure most of that has probably been the last four months since the pandemic and since we've been, you know, t- turning partially to food for comfort. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I definitely would like to drop down back to 195-ish because yeah, no, I, I know be I feel better. And I, I can't, it's totally manageable. Feel, yeah, everybody would feel better when they just, just small things. Like, I've noticed that once I've lost even... Even even this weight, like I'm still, for me, I'm at a weight where I was for many many years. This is the weight I weigh around, I think 312 right now. So this is I weighed anywhere between 300 to 320 pounds for many years. So this is right where I was for many years where I felt uncomfortable. But knowing what I was weighing 430 pounds, this feels a lot better. Right. I don't have as much struggles doing things like the simple things like putting my shoes on or, uh. 
Like I would get, I couldn't even reach the little nozzle, the no, the nozzle on the side of my car to open the gas can uh, without opening my door because I couldn't reach it. Oh wow! Um, so it was bad. Like it was, it was depressing. Like I was getting to the point where if I went any further, I was going to be one of those people that had to have someone help me wash. Mm. And that I could get to that. Right, so that's yeah. when I made the choice. No, I but, get. It. Well, that's it. I was I was wondering what yeah. the moment was, but you you explained that earlier that you were just at the point where it's like you know I, I can't do this anymore. Right. I mean so, I'm I'm feeling that to a lesser degree right. now. If I'm carrying bags of groceries up because we live upstairs, if uh, I, I'm carrying bags of groceries upstairs, I'm just winded and I'm thinking like this sucks. <laughs> I'm not that yeah. old. <laughs> and I, I really I should not be in this bad of shape, but th- there's a lot less physical activity. You know, I'm not beating myself up over it. It's the pandemic. Yeah, people are going out to walk, but lately, if it's not fucking pouring, it's humid as hell. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not really even just the conditions aren't great to go out for a walk. And yeah, I see a lot of fit people still going out for a run, but you know, fuck them. No, but really, <laughs> like, I I would be happy to go outside and get some kind of physical activity in. But right now, in the middle of July, like this is where the summer weather sucks, and it's just been raining it, or it's it, been next month's gonna be even worse. So. Well, and, I, and that's the problem. So I need to start doing some some stuff at home, even if it's just more stretching. Even that, just for the sake. I mean, on top of the diet stuff, which this week, as it turns out, we're we're starting that. Sherry is actually kickstarting a, a diet for herself that she's not so much a diet, but just eliminating things. So to call it a diet's unfair. We want to get away from some of the stuff that is that's uh, a great start. Part of our I mean, routine, uh, yeah. We're, we're portions, stuck. portions, and and that I would highly recommend. Like this is something I've actually done. I've I um I cut sugar out like completely. Oh, uh, I know that's. Dude. I don't I don't drink I don't ingest almost any sugar. Period. Um, that's my carbs. downfall. That is my downfall. I, I cut man. I cut a lot of carbs out. Like if I don't have to have carbs, I don't I don't do it. Like I'll have a piece of pizza every once in a while, but for the most part, the biggest one is sugar. Like I I drink mm. a lot more coffee now because really amped you know, up, Corey. I got to see that. Well, I went to I went from having like food as my comfort to like. One of the biggest problems people can have when they have the surgery is they they take one addiction and pick up another addiction. Right. So you can't your food addiction is essentially being hindered by the fact that you can't physically eat more. So you pick up other addictions like alcoholism, drugs, yeah, sex, mm-hmm. shopping. Shopping's a huge one. Online shopping is a very well, that, big addiction. That's drug addicts and alcoholics. They take up religion or so, martial arts. <laughs> Similarly, right? like you replace so one habit like, with another. I almost kind of forced my way into trying to pick up coffee because it was at least an easier thing to pick up. It's not as bad for you, but I needed to cut out the sugar because I've always liked right. my coffee with a lot of sugar in it, very sweet. Yeah. So I, mine, mine needs to be I, dessert. Yeah. So I like, I started with like sugar-free French vanilla and then eventually like they drank it all. So I didn't have anything else. So I just put cream in it and I've gotten to the point. I've done it for like two months. I've gotten used to just coffee plain with just cream. And wow. it's actually enjoyable to me. Like I actually enjoy the that's flavor good. of it. Well, so I can buy like good. flavors and and notice that this flavor tastes much different than this darker roast. And it's 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 great. Like that's awesome. I would highly recommend that for everybody. Your, 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 well, that's it. Your palate does adapt. If you give up sugar, you don't crave sugar. Like my mother, does, she stopped buying. Not that my parents bought soda regularly, but it's easy when you know they're. Five for five dollars to say, well, this will last us for a while. What a deal. You know, five, two liters <laughs> yeah. for five bucks. And it is e- easy and tempting. Yeah, you can't not buy it if it's a, you know, three for well, five. Well, that's it. Well, especially, deal. you know, my parents are retired. They're on a fixed income. So for them, yeah. it's like, what a great idea. But they basically just stop buying it. And once in a while, 
they'll have me pick up a liter of like ginger ale and then they'll have some of it. But she just said, I can't. It's just all too sweet. I can't do it anymore. And I keep I want to get to that point because sugar is my downfall, whether it's candy or whether it's ice cream or whether it's Mm -hmm. sugary drinks. I I know that if I cut all that stuff out, I would be better. And I know several people have cut out sugar and I felt nothing but good benefits. It's just it's really, really tough. I mean, especially all the studies about better. Yeah, I sleep better. My sleeping pattern has gotten much better. I don't wake up exhausted and tired. And I think that's a lot of attributed to my diet. And it's it's great. Like I had someone handed me and I felt bad because I didn't want to just like throw it out. But they handed me a Hershey kiss because it was like National Kiss Day or something. (laughs) And we put a bunch of Hershey kisses out of work. And uh, so I didn't want to I didn't want to be rude. So I ate it. And it was it almost hurt my stomach. Mm. Just one Hershey kiss. Right. And I just can't. I can't do it. Like, and the thing with like bread, I, I like bread still, and I can still eat some bread and pump pasta, but it fills my stomach up so quick. It's just it takes so this it takes the space that like good healthy proteins or fruits and vegetables or high fiber pro things would take. Yeah, know? for sure. Because I have to meet a certain threshold. Yeah, because other. I mean, if you're gonna again maintain, because you only have a certain capacity now. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, and I keep saying that to myself, like, again, like with the beef thing. And I was I was saying that when um, that when Andrew and Ryan were on the show with us a couple of weeks ago, where I, I don't feel like I miss beef. And that's inspired me to say, you know, I can eliminate a bunch of other things. Having that as a reference point, because having the idea where, OK, now there, I'm at the point where I need to make a change where I'm I'm saying that's it no more. And because I don't want to choke on things anymore, if beef is a or red meat is a uh, is something that could cause that i'm just going to get rid of it i'm not going to eat it because you it, should um you should so, look into like mediterranean diets i you know what Sherry ever... is so well versed on that being a californian i mean <laughs> dan and i were kind of laughing about that last week where she was saying uh j- just in case people didn't hear it sorry to be redundant but I, I was talking about man i can't believe it's been 20 years since i graduated high school and i'm kind of going through my i'm trying to remember my schedule because I, Dan and I had uh, Latin two together in second period and first period senior year of all friggin years. Jim was my first class, which was horrible because I didn't want to get up in the morning, and go to high school, period. You know, I think by 17, <laughs> most people are over it, except the people who peaked in high school. They're OK with it. But anyway, I just I was kind of rattling off my schedule and I couldn't place like third or fourth period. I didn't remember exactly what I had. And she said, when did you have nutrition? I was like, nutrition. I said, we. We had health, like for one marking period, the gym teacher would teach health. She said, no, like nutrition, wouldn't you like, you know, second, third period, there'd be like a 15, 20 minute break, like a meal break. I said, no, no, not at all. I said for senior year, I had lunch seventh period. It was almost at the end of the day, at which point I just leave school after sixth period because <laughs> I had an elective eighth period. I had photography. So most of the time I just leave. But she said, no wonder you all are so angry and wound up on the East Coast. Like <laughs> You were kind of trained all day to not eat anything. Yeah. And uh, when you eat, it was all yeah. this shitty school food. Exactly. And I said, yeah. what we had was chicken Cheese steaks, and pizza. pizza, chicken nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. Like the school food wasn't the best anyway. So that's why senior year I had a car. I would, I would just be out. I'd be going to Wendy's every day. Back in the days when you didn't gain weight. Or at yeah. least I didn't. <laughs> Uh, I sure did. Those were the sons of bitches. <laughs> well, that, and I know that. See, that's one of the things too. As you get older, you realize as your metabolism slows down. And my, mine was pretty good throughout my twenties. Definitely, like most people, you know, as things as as your body starts to age, and I don't mean that in a um, in a condescending way. It's just biologically we break down. 
But as you get older, and yeah, after I turned 30, it was easier to gain weight and harder for it to come off. And after 35, yeah, that's when you start losing like half a pound of muscle every year, unless you maintain it or build it. So yeah, I'm at the point where things are deteriorating, and everybody, hopefully everybody, gets to that point. And so now, yeah, I am being hyper-conscious about it, because looking at the time when I've put on weight, or when I when I did exercise a few times a week or when I was eating, you know, certain things a few times a day. I mean, even when, when we were working at the store together, my, my meals were the same thing basically every day. I would pack the same lunch because I used to work just mornings. I think I worked one night a week for, you know, the last uh, two years or so I was working in the store when we all worked together. It was easy to kind of maintain some kind of schedule because I was eating on the same schedule and I was able to plan my meals out. So I said, well, I need to be a meal prepper. <laughs> if I need to be one of those people who on Sunday is making my meals for the week, so be it. Yeah. So that's yeah. the hardest thing I struggle with is meal prep. Meal prep is is hard for me. Yeah. The, and I, I was even tempted by the, the companies that do it where the, they will deliver, you know, a week of meals to your door prepared, ready to go. Some things need to be heated, but not a lot because the idea is you're getting a lot of vegetables and a lot of, you know, lean protein and stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be cooked. You know, you have like diced chicken or whatever it is, something leaner, or turkey built into the meals. And I thought, wow, that'd be a good idea. But then I thought, I can really do that on my own. It's not like I don't have the the ability. It's not like I don't have the knowledge to do it. I just really need to be disciplined. And it would feel, as much as it's a good idea and it would serve me well, I almost feel like it would be cheating to just get, you know, subscribe to like a, a meal delivery kind of service to just say like, well, I'm going to do this. I have somebody else do the hard work and then I just eat it. So I do. I'm I'm really working to replace my habits now. That's good. That's and great. you've done it. So yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. Uh one inspiration for me is kind of my dad, who's in his sixties now, and then right before Noel and I got married, he dropped a bunch of weight and has become like a workout fanatic. So much so that I went to his house the other day and he's got like a whole thing in his backyard because he's not really he's he used to be at the gym a couple times a week. But now with everything shut down, he kind of invested in some workout equipment because he's he's in his 60s. So he doesn't want to be in retirement out of shape and just struggling and anything else like that. So he's got a whole system in his backyard now. So I'm like, I might take him up on that whole – he and I were talking for months about let's get together and get you – weight. Like start training on weights because I never really properly learned how to weight train or yeah, anything like same. that. Yeah, same. I was always doing cardio at the gym. I would always be on the elliptical and the – and the bike and it just, it felt good doing it, but I never built any muscle. Even back when I lost weight back in the day, I still had a little like pouch. Like right. I was 165 pounds, but I had Tummy a little punch. pouch. Yeah. And I, I didn't know how to get rid of it. Like, how is this possible? But like, I could have built that. Like if I was properly learning how to train with weights instead of just kind of guesstimating when to do it, um, I probably could have turned that around. So it's not that I'm like trying to get ripped or anything, but to be healthier, I would like to be more interested in putting on more muscle because with my frame and how tall I am and everything else, like I think it'd be more conducive for my health. My dad has learned a lot about nutrition and learned a lot about health and everything else. Cause he was the same, same as me, just, you know, took care of himself, but didn't let, you know, he always would go for the extra thing with a meal or something else. Just you're out, you're having fun. You're talking. It just, yeah, you get, you get swept up in it and you get and swept you're up. Like, ah! it's not gonna hurt it's not gonna hurt and it's yeah it's it's and true that you don't just you didn't get he, you didn't gain weight with one meal and you won't lose it by with one meal yeah, either. and he wasn't feeling comfortable and he wasn't massively overweight but he was in he was in mid six early mid 60s and he was like i have to change my life around i want to go into retirement being healthy and 
I see people my age getting having strokes and having heart attacks and diabetes, and I just I can't go on with this anymore, and I just want to feel healthier. So he did, and it's been seeing what he does. He's kind of I've kind of taken the idea of all right, I need to implement this and go to because if it could work for him and he's twice my age, it right. could work for me too. Just he puts yep. in the work. So I'm going to yep. ask him for his diet tips. I'm going to ask him what it, he's very restrictive with what I understand. But it's like, all right, if I just have to sacrifice and he loves like, he just has like maybe a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or just cottage cheese for a meal or something. He doesn't have big meals unless it's like every so often, but I want to take that and I want to learn from it. And I want to actually do this, especially now with the pandemic. Cause truth be told, I don't know if I'm going back to the gym after this. I mean, there's no I mean, yeah. gyms aren't open. And that's another thing. Like, People don't wash, like, use the equipment to clean it anyway beforehand before we had a pandemic. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I would die if I wore a mask and ran on a treadmill. Yeah, it's, <laughs> well, it can't I, be comfortable. I, I just don't want to share equipment with people who've been sweating and breathing heavy and everything else. Like, I just wouldn't be oh, comfortable with that anyway. I'm glad I was going to join a gym, too, at the beginning of the year before I got sick. And then I'm glad <laughs> I didn't once I got better because... It wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been able to use it anyway because everything shut yeah. down. And I, I was going to join a gym point. the week of the week they closed it all down. <laughs> I was, <laughs> yeah, I actually had the gym in place, and I was going to go talk to them and get like a, a tour. And then they they literally closed it down that Monday, <laughs> like the weekend after. Well, that's yeah. it, and it sounds like a cop out, but it's true. Like I believe you when you say it. I swear that was the case with me. I, everyone. Oh no, there are a couple people. Assumes. There's a new gym that opened in Tom's River, New Jersey. In the Ocean County Mall, my sister and her husband signed up for it. I believe Ryan and Jen signed up for it too, and they, everybody it was like the talk of the town. And then it just yeah, it's a new LA and, Fitness over by there. They just yeah, up, yeah. And the pandemic comes and it's, that's it. So yeah. it's I yeah. unfortunately yeah, and and then there are people in other <laughs> other states protesting to go back to the gym. Like okay, you enjoy that. Actually, a, yeah. a friend of mine and and you guys know Michelle who uh, was taking a spin class, and they have all the bikes set up outside the gym. She yep. was there, and she was like, you know what, just to be in a group, yeah, especially after all this time, not being around people at all. I mean, the, the bikes were spread apart and everything. I mean, again, I wouldn't be crazy. I'm hesitant when it comes to using anything that's open to the public anyway, and I would be paranoid about it. I don't know how many people have used these bikes mm -hmm. beforehand or how well they're cleaning. My sister bought one for herself. She didn't buy the Peloton. She bought, like, the... The lower tier one, but it, uh, she got that about a couple weeks ago. Well, the Peloton's big, only good if you have an empty room with a lot of windows and some. Yes, <laughs> apparently, according to the marketing. <laughs> so I wouldn't imagine she'd have a Peloton unless she's got no, a very but, opulent no, but house. No, but she ordered it May 1st. It didn't come until like June 22nd. I had to go wait at her house for it because it was so, the demand for that stuff got so crazy after Jim shut down. Yeah. Oh, and for sure. Hers got like shipped and then got shipped to another state and she, had battles with them over the phone for weeks about trying to get this bike. And she spent hundreds of dollars on. So, but she has it now and that's what she's going to be doing from this point forward. So spin class isn't something I would want to do, but weightlifting or something, proper training. That's well, weight, where I, my weight heart training is. itself is actually a really good way to way to lose weight. Yeah. Like strength training is a great way to lose weight. Yeah, Almost more so than, than cardio. Yeah. That's you what I hear. Cardio is great for maintaining, but it's not super great for just straight weight loss. You have to work in the strength training with it too. Yeah, that's one of the big reasons my dad encouraged me to do it a couple months ago. He was like, listen, it's better for you. It says you can go on the bike and everything else at the gym, but you need to learn how to, you know, we, we need to sit, sit and do this and really 
get you to properly learn how to do this because you'll burn more fat that way by lifting weights instead of just going on the bike, going on the elliptical and so on and so forth. So, totally. So I think that's the option, the route, the route that I'm going to be taking very shortly. And I tried yoga for a while, and I still work on it here and there, but not as much as I did when I was so gung-ho after being furloughed from my job. Like, all right, now it's time to do it. And then <laughs> right. just life goes on, and more things happen. And it's, just- uh, it's, like any, it's like any routine that you fall out of, and especially yeah. in this when it's – there's a – that. As any, everyone's saying the Groundhog Day kind of effective. Well, every day is exactly the same. I wake up and I'm at home. Maybe once a week I'm going to the store. So yeah, it's uh, unless you are really disciplined and have have that built into like every day I'm going to make sure to do this. I get it, and that that's been one of the things for me thinking about. Now we're just about at four months. Well, actually, yeah, it'd be four months as of today in in quarantine uh, since it started on a Monday. Then. Yeah, I've, th- that's one of the things I thought about weight loss. Like, wow, had I done such and such for the last four months, then I'd be in a better place now. So I'm thinking even just in that time frame, thinking how much can I accomplish in four months and then applying it to between now and let's say the middle of November. When it comes to a lot of things, when it comes to even doing stretches, you know, when I hurt my knee last year and I need to start doing stretches, I said, well, what if I'm doing those? Even if I did them every other day, that's a lot more than I'm doing it now or meditation which i used to do on a daily basis and have really fallen out of doing i actually looked and i haven't done it since april and i used to do it every day and i just thought wow you know i'd probably be better off i've no doubt i'd be better off when it comes to diet or exercise or mentally you know and just the the benefits i get from meditating on a daily basis that i thought wow if i'd be doing it this whole time i'd be better off well now i know for the next four months i can do this and i'll be that much better off come november now, I kind of want to end this and, and wind things down with uh, my own version of a, of a Corey story. And, oh, really? Uh, if you didn't know, yeah, well, if you haven't already checked it out, if you look for the only podcast that matters on the podcast resource of your choice, or of course at theonlypodcast.com, there is a Best of Corey show from the beginning of 2015, which if you look it up, it's uh, an earful of noise. Because that's actually Corey's last name. No, yes. And mm-hmm. uh, Corey's uh, theme, not intentionally, but it just kind of became that after so many times of him being on the show and becoming a regular, that uh, he would basically tell a story, particularly when it was Corey and Andrew and I. Those shows always ended up concluding with a story about something from Corey, hence dubbed the Corey story. And it usually involves mm-hmm. something crazy that happened, and Corey is such a way with a story that I'm not going to try to compete with, but I have. One of my own, but it's kind of in two parts. But since they happened a day apart, uh, they're they're related enough that I feel like it's it's a good way to end. Uh, however, Corey, I'm not going to tell it as well as you will. But <laughs> fair this enough. Is, th- this is part of why I want to have you here. And when I tell you what it's about, you'll understand even more, as you've had uh, similar dealings. So, yep. This is two weeks ago. I was out one night. I'd gone to the grocery store to. Just pick up a, a couple of things. It wasn't a full-blown trip, but it was one night, and it was a few things we needed. And I said, okay, let me do this. Anyway, I'm done. I'm driving home. And now, as anyone who's been watching can see, and uh, as, as you guys know, you can certainly see, like, my hair has gotten very long. I haven't had a haircut for seven months now. And uh, it's 
With the humidity, it's feeling very stuck together. My hair hasn't been this long probably since I was a junior in high school. It's really, I, I've just kept my hair short just out of habit and then with not being able to get a cut, even though now I can and I'm not quite ready to go into a barbershop yet either. That's not something I'm comfortable with yet. Um, but with the humidity, it feels very, it feels like it's almost like clumping together. I mean, hair kind of gets frizzy in humidity anyway, but and I don't like putting a lot of product in my hair, but now that it's getting longer, I kind of have to it just for the sake of maintaining. Oh, it, I, I totally get Krusty the Clown hair nowadays. I went out the other day to get something. <laughs> and was like, oh my God, what the hell? Like people think I'm a psycho. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, I, or even when, when the breeze kicks up, I realize like, oh my God, I do. I look like Sideshow Bob when I walk in somewhere. It's just going everywhere. Or uh, an, an even crazier Don King. But my hair was just feeling kind of like, just really like matted together. So I said, oh, I do have a comb right above the uh, the cup holder in my car. So I said, well, let me just, uh, I'm just going to comb like just the back of my head, really, which is where it felt like particularly heavy. And I said, oh, let me just comb it. So I do one stroke through and kind of just clean up where it's a little tangled up. And I do the second stroke and it pulls a little bit. And I'm like, oh, like, God, that was weird. And I pull the comb away. Mind you, I'm driving because I'm just driving home at this point. Um, but, you know, in a on a surface street, so I'm only driving like 35. But I pull the comb away, and as I pull it away, there is a bug the size of a strawberry. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> that I combed out of the back of my head that I didn't feel because now I got this big collection of hair on the back of my head. And, and I immediately yeah. went, what, what the fuck? <laughs> and I started freaking out because I'm... Because my brain's all over the place. First of all, how long has it been there? <laughs> Where did I pick it up? Is this thing just hitching a ride? Like, is it looking to head back? To, did it know? lay eggs? Exactly. That's the kind of stuff that's going through my head. And I was like, wow. And I'm smacking the thing on my leg. I was wearing shorts. So I'm smacking the comb trying to smash this bug. And it kind of ends up near. I was wearing cargo shorts. And it kind of ends up near the near the pocket right where it. it buttons up the the pocket on the leg buttons up and so it kind of ends up there and i don't know if it crawled or if it just ended up kind of underneath that pocket but i see it's there and i start punching my leg <laughs> trying to kill this thing <laughs> and i can feel it vibrating it's buzzing or trying to fly away or something against my leg every time i'm feeling it vibrate my leg and vibrate against my clenched fist as i'm punching the shit out of this bug while still driving <laughs> Because there was nothing around. I could have pulled over to the side of the road, but it was so dark, the road I was on, that I said, oh my gosh, do I come up to a plaza where I can pull in? And I just pull in, park really quickly, jump out of the car, and I'm still repeatedly just punching my leg. And I'd punched it so hard, actually, that the next morning my shoulder hurt because I was just doing this motion so drastically, trying to just punch the shit out of this bug against my leg. I didn't have a bruise on my leg. I'm shocked, but I seriously hurt my shoulder. My shoulder was sore the next day because I was so emphatic about trying to kill this bug anyway i jump out of the car and i'm still punching my leg and i turn around to the car and the thing's on the floor mat so now i'm just taking my shoe and just bashing it in literally into dust it didn't explode into a bunch of guts or whatever like you see i have no idea what kind of bug it was but it, it was literally called was a like, basketball with legs yeah that's you know what and not too far off i hate to sound like ryan who exaggerates the size of spiders but you know what this thing was uh, okay. Maybe it wasn't the size of a strawberry, but like like a grape, you know, kind of like an oblong grape. Still, that's very round fucking one. big. I have no idea what it was, and it was basically Any piece of fruit's fucking big bug size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a blueberry-sized bug is still pretty big, right? So yeah. 
I was so freaked out just thinking about this thing was on my, where did I pick this thing up? How long was it on the How back did of it get my there? head? Exactly. I'm going through all the scenarios. Why wasn't in my it head. paying rent? <laughs> yeah. Like, did, did this come from home? Has this been living in my car for weeks? I mean, so that was really what, what messed me up, but I finally killed it and I literally just, I sat in my car and just listened to the pounding of my heart for the next like eight minutes. Just a, I, I was know just that so, feeling. yeah, I was just so freaked out. And I'm not, it's not that I'm freaked out by bugs or scared of bugs generally. It was the idea that it was attached to the back of my head. I didn't feel it. And had I not had my hair not felt stringy or whatever because of the humidity and had I not combed it, I don't know how long that friggin' thing would have been there. I'm sure Sherry would have saw it and then would have started beating me in the head with, you know, <laughs> no. like a magazine or, like or a, a coffee table book as soon as I walked in the door because she would have noticed it. But like a man. face hugger, but on the wrong part of your body. Wrong part yeah, of your face. it was really the, the idea that it was it was stuck to the back of my head for so long and I didn't feel it. I don't know how long it could have flown in just when I got in the car or it could have been in the car. I don't know. But that's what freaked me out more than the fact there was a bug in my head. It was more like, how long was it there? And just my mind is just mm. running rampant. At least it wasn't a raccoon. It, well, it wasn't a raccoon, but. Fast forward to the next night. Now, we were watching movies and TV and everything and. We, we'd basically been up all night and it was getting light out. We were just in the living room or on the couch or watching movies or maybe catching up on some TV shows or whatever. So it was light out. This is like seven in the morning. We we're ready to go to bed. Now we're both not working right now because of what's going on. So time's relative and we're like, whatever. Who cares? We're having fun. We're staying up. We're fat. Fuck it. <laughs> no, but really, we, we just said we ended up staying up all night and we were just watching whatever. So it was in the wee hours and we were both feeling pretty tired. So we're sitting kind of on, op, you know, opposite ends of the typical size couch. So there's, you know, basically a seat between us and uh, the couch is up against the window and there's curtains on either side of the window that are generally just open. And uh, so Sherry looks behind me and just goes to pull the curtain just to kind of fix it because I guess it looked a little bit off. She pulls the curtain and we hear Burn the house down. I, well, <laughs> that was my thought. Our first thought was what is that? But before either of us could say what was that, from behind my head, from behind or under the curtain, something shoots out, something black, and starts flying around in circles above our heads in the living room in a scene, like in a scene from a horror movie where someone's about to descend to hell and this is the sign that has come that you are just, you're about to go to hell. Something is flying around you in circles really fast and you can't even tell what it is. We got so freaked out. Our first thing was we just both landed, again, opposite sides of the couch and right in front of us at the coffee table. We couldn't land there. So we both end up kind of down on our hands and knees and I'm just, I'm sure there's going to end up being a video clip, so I'm going to censor myself for it. But I'm just, I'm reliably informed that I was shouting, what the F is that? What the F is that? Because I did not, I did not know what it was. Now, could it be a bat? Could have been. It was a really big bat. Could it be a bird? Maybe. Really big bird. All I knew was a St. Bernard with wings was flying around in circles above Jesus. us in the living room. And in the middle of my shouting, what the F is that? And again, since I was facing away from Sherry, since she got down the opposite side of the coffee table, since she was on the opposite side of the couch, before I could turn around to look at what happened, I hear a door slam. Well, the side of the she couch ran. Sherry was on was toward the bedroom. So she crawls on her belly like a Navy SEAL 
into the bedroom and slams the door and leaves me to be eaten alive by whatever it is that's flying around the living room. Oh, wow. And I, I still have no idea what this is. But now I'm just pissed off because I've been abandoned. So now I'm crawling on my hands and knees into the bedroom. And I get in the door and I slam the door as this thing is still flying around. At one point it did fly into the kitchen, but then it came back because... There's not a lot of, like our kitchen's a little narrow, just kind of where it sits. So there wasn't a whole lot of room to fly in circles. And, and also there was nobody in there to torture. So I get into the bedroom. Now, Sherry has this reaction where when she gets scared or stressed or just overwhelmed in some way, her body's natural reaction is to just laugh. That's how she handles stress when it's a situation like this, like when it's scary, when it's stressful, she's just kind of laughing uncontrollably as opposed to crying or shrieking or whatever somebody might do so i get into the bedroom already irritated with her because she abandoned me and left me on the living room floor to be carried to hell by whatever this thing was (laughs) and she's literally curled up on the floor laughing which is even more irritating (laughs) because now she's curled up in a ball she's laughing like a mental patient and i'm saying why is it that how how did this thing get in here like that's what i was freaked out about how did something that big get into our apartment the windows weren't open so i had no idea what it was or what happened oh it clearly snuck in in your hair again well and that's it because it flew out from behind my head literally from the night before (laughs) i was already paranoid about just to be cautious really I, i was close i was like i don't know if i could do this i know you like my hair with a little bit of length but you know fuck this i'm gonna go bruce willis and that's it that way if anything lands in my head i'll feel it but fuck I was I was freaked out. We're saying, what is this? How did it get here? But that was my initial thing. It wasn't, what is it? It was just, how did something that big get into our apartment? Where is the hole that this thing snuck through that it was able to get in here and scare the living crap out of two people who were pretty tired? That was the other thing, too. You know, if it was earlier in the night or if it was daytime and we'd already slept, we might have been able to handle it better. But just being kind of tired and saying, like, you know, ready to literally ready to get up and go to bed, which we were kind of talking about doing before this happened. This thing flies around and we don't know what it is. Um, it was a bird, a really big bird, though. It was I don't know that if it's a blackbird and if it's a typical size of a blackbird, maybe it was a blackbird that ate a watermelon before it flew into our place. But it was a big ass bird. I mean, how does that happen? Well, that was we, we couldn't figure out what it was. And Long story short, it ended up going out the kitchen window. The kitchen window was opened and it took off. So thankfully, um, at a point, it was perched on top of the cabinets because maybe it was more scared of us, which is, you know, is a wishful thinking. But it was Very kind of true. perched up on top of the cabinet. So, you know, once the window was open, it just flew out. But the idea that a whole ass bird got into our apartment, how did that even happen? So behind the couch, Ooh. there is... A radiator and the bottom of the radiator. It's it's a unit that kind of comes like um, not quite as high as the windowsill, but it, it's an in-wall kind of unit. It's not something that goes along the, the floor. It's, it's just kind of its own yeah. fixture. And uh, there is an opening at the bottom. And I did go down. You couldn't see any light coming through or anything, so I said, well, what the hell is this? And I did, <laughs> later on, 
after you know falling asleep, which was the perfect thing, by the way, to happen before you're going to go to sleep, is to think there's somewhere something as big as this bird is able to get into the apartment while we sleep. But I'm also glad we stayed up all night because if we woke up to that, can you imagine being bleary eyed, getting up to go to the bathroom, and a bird hit you in the face? Yes. Can you imagine walking out or hearing that sound in the living room and having it wake you up? Because we talked about that a couple episodes like early on when the show started back in March about how we there was a squirrel that got into the walls and we're hearing this scratching on the walls next to the wall that separates the bedroom and the living room, which is also my side of the bed. So I'm hearing this, this scratching on the walls, which was there was a squirrel that got caught in there that an exterminator had to come and take care of. Sorry if that squirrel's dead. Hope it's it found its way out because we stopped hearing it before the exterminator came and we never smelled anything gross, so we don't assume it died in the walls. But we thought, okay, something must have gotten in there. Well, anyway, in this radiator, there's a little bit of space in between where the floor ends and the wall begins. Not much, but there must be some opening somewhere on that side of the house that this bird was able to get in and go up there. But I tell you... We were so freaked out, I can't even tell you. And the fact that she was laughing, and I know she was laughing because that was her reaction anyway. But the fact that she's cracking up about it, and I'm so stuck on the fact that, like, how did something that big get into the apartment? It was, it it, it was a nightmare. And then to try to go to sleep afterwards was just, ah, so much fun. You know what, Chris? You're gonna, I'm gonna send you a membership card. And you get to join for the, the NRA because I'm going to shoot anything that comes in here. It's not walking. <clears> no, 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 no. It's a membership card for weird, weird, creepy things crawling into your house. <laughs> you're now the uh, you're joined my Snow White Club of things you don't want to be near you. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Well, listen, that's that. That's why I was thinking about you because you've had to deal with everything. Uh, uh, yeah, like a daisy <laughs> chain of in possums, the living room, a raccoon, three, po- three baby possums behind my bed. It's great. So I feel like you're the only one who would understand this experience. So Yep, I do. I had to have you here. I mean, and you've told these stories again on the show with the raccoon and with the possums on the yeah. podcast it matters. But I just thought Corey's the only person who's going to have empathy for me in this situation, us in this situation. Yeah. Similar mm-hmm. story. My wife's cousin um, in their old apartment, they just moved out pre-pandemic. But in their old place, they had a garden snake problem. And they would actually come through the radiator. Why would it have to be like, snakes? Yeah. Nope. So yeah, yeah that's terrifying. They, they just go into the kitchen like Jesus, and there's a snake like coming out of the radiator. Right. Yeah. Well, that's terrifying. Thinking, how does this creature get into the into our <laughs> place of living? What is this temple of doom? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was and that was oh. my whole thought, and I was apparently just frazzled and freaked out, and she's had a good time laughing about my reaction since about just how I was freaking out. But that's, you know, just like with the bug, how did this get here? That's what is what I was freaked out about before I realized it was a bird. Cause I really thought it was a bat and I'm like, Oh man, we're about to, you're about to get eaten. Well, I'm part or of that. So I'm having a bug attached to you. You don't know where it comes from. Well, <laughs> that's what I mean. I, I was still, I was still edgy after that experience the night before I really was. And have it fly out from behind my head and not see what it was. And hear the, the flutter of wings, which now we know what that was, but in the moment, we just kind of looked at each other wide-eyed, and before either of us could say, did you hear that, or what was that, from behind my head. <sighs> oh, dude, it was, and while being sleepy. So, it was uh, a, it was an experience, but, yeah, that's that's what I had to say. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Well, it's funny now, <laughs> and I immediately told her, like, I- I'm going to have to talk about this on the show because it's that ridiculous an experience that mm-hmm. 
Chris, yeah. what's that behind you? <laughs> this should be the time where the Bond gimmick, you'd have a, you'd have like a bird or something come out of the back of your chair or something. You know what? If I were a better, like a fake bird, showbiz lackey, I, I totally would. I would have something. I'd have something crawling up the wall or I'd have Sherry push something up behind me into frame behind me on the, on the camera. But mm. no, I'm sorry. It ends with uh, the bird got away. The bug is dust on my floor mat still. I should vacuum the car out. But anyway, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. th- those experiences so close together just really did freak me out. And I'm constantly still doing this to the back of my head, touching the back of my head in case there's anything there. Because with my hair being this long anyway, I'm, I was paranoid enough prior to this because, I mean, Jack, you've had longer hair. Corey, not as much. But mm-hmm. you know how your hair, I mean, my hair gets wavy and starts to curl a little bit but yes when it goes behind the, the ears it's kind of tickling the back of your ears and it feels like there's something there but it's very slight yeah i, I already had that feeling prior to this prior to the bug <laughs> just feeling that there was always something back there like ah and constantly like now the bug now, now you're just constantly thinking like hey i'm back I'm <laughs> yeah back. like the, the bug's friends have come back to just, avenge just it. for the it's summer it's hot shave your head <laughs> i might have it. to i'm thinking about it Shit, I'll shake my head too, because I don't want that to happen. Yeah, let's all do it. Corey's probably yeah. due for a haircut himself. Not the, no, I actually got a haircut. Thank you. You son of a bitch. Did you go to a place or did you have somebody? Do I a did place? go to a place. Really? Yeah. Well, okay then. Well, I'm, you're, I'm not you're the first. Okay, us. so I took care. They took my temperature beforehand. I had to wear a mask the entire time. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. Right. To be honest, I wouldn't mind going for a trim myself because, again, this was cut the week before Christmas. And now that it's grown in, I'd, I'd at least like it to be trimmed and maybe shaped so that it, it looks better for the length it is. It's just kind of been growing wild for seven months. So I would like to, but I'm just not at the place yet where I want to go in anywhere that's just kind of open to the public where I'm sitting in one spot with somebody close to me, breathing down my neck, mask or not. I'm just not up for it. Mm. But I'm still constantly checking for bugs. Tis the curse of not i could go to the barber shop and maybe not worry about bugs being on the back of my head or hey, i can live with it i can't i can't walk by a bookshelf without looking on top of it and expecting there to be a raccoon so i can't yeah. believe it now you can't I, just as a quick refresher you came home and the raccoon was already there is that nope. what happened no i was in my room and nobody uh, else was home i think jack was working yeah and i came home I and heard what the hell happened here? i heard a sound and i opened my door and i saw two glowing eyes coming from the kit from the living room off the bookshelf and i'm like i hope that's a cat that's a great photo. A skunk that is an awesome photo nope nope <laughs> not nope. and and that's the sad part ryan's had problems in that house with raccoons since where he's had them in the, in the i was attic, there for the second one yeah, I just like, moved out, and this apparently happened. They had like a family of raccoons get into the attic again, but thank God they couldn't get out of the attic, like the, into the house. <laughs> into the house, so that everyone could but, find them. Like, you but did. like the, the the exterminator put a cage on the roof that they put some bait in there, so like, and they nailed the cage to the roof, so oh. like it was supposed to like, capture the raccoon, and then next, and then after you it's captured, you're supposed to call them and let them know, and they come and get the cage, and they take the raccoon very far away. Mm. Now, the problem is the raccoon decided not to go into the cage until like 9 p.m. Oh, and we called them and they're like, oh, we're closed. <laughs> so deal with this very angry raccoon on your roof right above my room all night, all night long. Sleep well. So it was it was literally like a rave on the roof above my house, <laughs> above the, where my bed was. It was god awful. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be able to sleep that night either. 
I mean, needless to say, after this whole bird incident, we were up for a couple hours after just to wind down. We ordered oh, breakfast to be delivered yeah. and everything. Uh, we probably didn't go to sleep till like 11 in the morning. Like, is this Yo, happened at would, 7 a.m.? So. Are you kidding me? I had a spider one time. I was like, I'm going to bed. And then a spider comes around the corner of my bed, crawling towards me like a bullet. And I just <laughs> throw my blanket at it. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, that was the worst mistake I've ever made. Cause now I don't know where the spider is. And you have to burn your blanket. <laughs> so I'm now a middle, I'm sitting in the middle of my bed with a back scratcher in one hand and a flip flop in the other, <laughs> waiting for this thing to jump out and attack me at any moment. <laughs> The winged spider waiting for it to fly out and come right towards your face. I don't think I went to bed that night either. Mm. Yeah, that, that'll that do it. It's just, you know what it is? It, it takes you so off guard. It catches you so off guard, rather, because you just don't expect it. You expect, I'm inside and I'm safe. and Your adrenaline just anything. goes boop up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it takes a long time to come back down. I mean, and I'm telling you, I, I was extra wired and extra freaked out just because that old bug incident when this bird came in. Really, really messed up. So I think what we're saying is uh, make sure to get your your domiciles Character. sprayed wherever you live. Get it sprayed. Uh, maybe set up some extra traps just in case. And if something comes in the house, uh, let's hope you don't dissolve into uh, cackling on the floor and uh, abandoning your partner <laughs> to be stuck in the room. <laughs> I really did. I was like, I'm, this thing's going to carry me to hell. She's just left me. Whatever. It's okay. She, if there was a zombie attack or if someone was chasing us, she would totally trip me and uh, save yep. herself. And uh, at least you know where you stand. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. It, it's <laughs> there's a wedge in our relationship now for sure. But let's not get too deep into that. Uh, thank you guys for being on the show, of course. Mm-hmm. And you can follow Jack on Twitter at JackWagon85 and on Instagram at JacksonFigure1985. Corey, would you like anybody to follow you on social media? Oh, hell yeah. I don't even know what my Twitter is, though. Hold on a moment. Well, you just retweet <laughs> contest entries anyway. No, I don't. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> Only half you. the time. <laughs> we win a PS5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 30 retweets. I could still win a PS5. You can. I know. I see Maybe. it every goddamn day. Yeah, no, it's at noyes33. And that's your Instagram handle as well, right? I believe so. I I'm I don't do sure a lot of Instagram. I should do more Instagram, but well, now you're gonna have to chronicle your your weight loss journey. I have a lot of pictures, actually. There you go. So you could make a right. fortune. Look at you. You're sitting on a gold mine. A for fortune. It. Yeah. yeah, that's become a big thing now. It's like I'm losing weight. Check out my journey. And then you know you contrite when you put weight back on. That's how those those YouTubers no, do it. You bite your goddamn tongue. I, hey, listen, I'm just telling you the arc of the the weight loss. No, it's true. It's true. It's a lot of a lot of maintaining once you get there. No, I have no doubt. But uh, thanks for sharing your your story with us, Corey. We've been wanting to know anyway. Hey. So best that you no, share I mean, it with us and the public at large. Right. I mean, if if I can like educate anybody on this, like I feel like. It's it's changed my life and for a good way. Like it's something that I am proud that I did. And some people have like a stigma behind it. Like some people think it's giving up and it's taking the easy road. It's not. You're 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 sacrificing a lot and changing your your lifestyle uh, permanently for your better health. And right. if anybody can listen to this and was like thinking about it and having a health issue, you know, go for it. It's worth it. Yeah, getting the surgery isn't the easy out. 
it, it still requires work after that. And I think that's kind of the, the misconception about people who get, whether it's, it's the sleeve or the bypass that it's somehow like an easy way out. It's not because you still need to change your behavior despite yeah. having the surgery. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's an important takeaway. But thank you. And you've inspired us. I can, I think I speak for Jack when I say you've inspired Absolutely. us as well yeah. because you've done so well in the last few months in maintaining and giving up certain things as uh, we both need to. We, we freely mm. admit it. I can still be better, but yeah, well, I agree. We can always yeah. improving. That's the goal for all of us, right? Yes. And always here every Monday with a new show. So tune in next Monday. And in the meantime, you can follow the show at Cape Pod on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe. Give the show five stars. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy, whoever. And uh, that's about it. So until next time, for Jack DeFranco and Corey No Yes, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment. This isn't Yemeni. It's Sulawesi. And the cup's shaking. I don't want my coffee shaking.